You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. You're listening to The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. I'm Justin Mock. Hey, listeners. I'm Justin, and this is Choreographers Making Moves, a new mini-series highlighting female choreographers who are making a difference and making a name for themselves in the business. For our second episode, we're so excited to bring you someone who booked her Broadway debut while still a student at NYU and has continued to channel her incredible talents not just towards an impressive performing career, but also as a breakout choreographer herself, the wonderful Carla Garcia. Most recently performing as a swing in Hamilton on Broadway, she's also choreographing a brand new musical, Other World, slated for its debut at Bucks County Playhouse in the fall of 2021. We'll talk about what she's learned while performing for other choreographers, how she found her own voice as a creator, and the importance of saying yes to opportunities. But we begin our conversation with how she got her start, which interestingly enough is linked to our last episode, choreographer Rachel Dolan. All right, listeners, here's my conversation with Carla Garcia. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, Rachel and I grew up in the same area, like the the D.C. area. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she mentioned that in the episode. We grew up, like, competing together. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, and she said that you both worked with Debbie Allen. We did! Yes! Oh, my gosh. Yes! <laughs> we didn't do the same show. Yeah, but, but Debbie Allen was doing... 
she would always do a series like she did it for a few years but at the Kennedy Center she did like a children's series and you audition and it was just a great opportunity for right. the area like to work with a legend and it, do a show like it was she treated it just like a Broadway show I did I did Brothers of the Night and I did that show I oh, yeah. yeah I always recall that show I think she did the next show the next year but I think yeah I always recall that experience because I met so many talented people in that show that show brought together all this talent that literally I see in New York City on Broadway in films I see them everywhere in LA the talent in the the DC metro area is incredible and I'm very I'm like a proud like DMV I, I just think like there's just a lot of talent that comes from comes from the DC Maryland Virginia um, area so that's so cool. Yeah, I see. I haven't seen Rachel in a while, but I've I've been seeing you know some of her stuff pop up. So I'm really happy that she's creating and like it's another female voice. So it's cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah. she had the best things to say about you uh, as a dancer yeah. and as a choreographer. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Totally. And you both have that Debbie cool. Allen thing. That's so cool. Who knew that that would be an incubator for so many people's like the start of so many people's careers? Yes, like literally in Hamilton. My coworker Tanari Vasquez, she was 12 years old and yeah. I was, no, I was 12 and she was like 11, but that's where we met. Like she was, she's from Virginia and I've, I went on to continue to replace her in like a couple Broadway shows. Like I replaced her in West Side Story, in oh Gigi. I was kind of always like Tanari's replacement. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she got to Hamilton and she was the new, the newbie. And I was like, Hey, cause I had been in the show for so long, but yeah, but we, you know, we, we met then and, and I had just submitted a an audition for a movie as a dancer like I'm still auditioning you know so I, I submitted an audition for a new movie choreographed by Chloe Arnold who who is an incredible tapper and she was in that show as well and I'm also watching um Walking Dead I'm re-watching it with with David just because like because I wanted to but the spin-off Fear of the Walking Dead stars Corey Hawkins who was is from Brothers of the Night and he went on to play Dr. Dre in Straight Out Compton the movie and he was the star of the 24 spin-off like it's just like seeing all these people I'm like wait wow. literally like you were 12 like we were all so young right. and now <laughs> everyone's taking over yeah it's cool. I know and I actually oh, wow. went That's on so my first Broadway show, Hot Feet, starred Vivian, Debbie Allen's daughter. Yeah. Ah, and wow. yeah, it was like really full circle. And then when I was on So You Think You Can Dance, I think Debbie was a judge on one of the episodes. But that that experience, like, I don't even know if Debbie connected and remember, you know, it just moved so fast and like the sure, sure, TV sure. thing. But anyway, yeah. So all in all, it, it was it's really cool to yeah connect. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> what was your Broadway debut like in Hoffie? Was that a goal of yours? Was it kind of a fluke, like somewhere in between? Where did that fit in with your like creative goals at the time? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. So I was in school. I was at NYU Tisch at the time and I was a senior, my third year, because it's a three-year program. And I went to an open call and it was one of my first auditions because I didn't really have time to audition. And I was really intimidated by that whole environment. Like I had a lot of friends that were still in college that did audition, but I just, I stayed in my little like NYU 10 block radius. You know, I, I went to school and I didn't really do that. But yeah, I like went in between um, classes and I, I went to Midtown and I, I, I danced like, I was so naive and I was like, 
I guess I just have to dance really, really hard. And so I just, you know, went for it. And Maurice picked me out and he said, he was like, you can dance. Like you can really dance. And I was like, thank you. And, 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 you know, I was like, oh, this, that must be a good thing. So he said callbacks would be in a couple of days. And I'm like, well, I'm definitely getting a callback. I mean, that felt, that felt right. So then two days passed and I don't hear anything. And, you know, I went through the whole, oh, this is what everyone says. Like you have to, you know, just accept rejection. And I know he liked me, but it must have been something else, like things you can't control. You know, it's that whole thing. And I, I told my parents and they, and my dad like was like, yeah, you know, this, and they consoled me. So I kind of already went through that whole stage. Sure. And then I check an email that I don't normally check, but it was Paul Hart casting. They were like, Carla, uh, we've been trying to dial this phone number. You know, we really need you to come to the callback. And he listed the phone number, one digit on the number that I guess was on my resume was incorrect. So they were dialing a wrong number and never got a hold of me. Oh, wow. <laughs> so <clears throat> it was, yeah. And so I immediately call and I'm like, hey, this is Carla Garcia. I see that you're trying to get a hold of me. And Paul was like, hey, we've been looking for you. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Is there another callback? He was like, no, you missed it. But Maurice absolutely loved you. You booked the show. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> what? No. <laughs> It's the weirdest story. <laughs> no one understands. Like, because that doesn't happen. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Like, you don't go to an open call and then miss the callback. <laughs> and and then still get just, the job. They saved you a spot. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely attest uh... that to luck. And, you know, I, 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 I made an impression, but... I was very lucky. <laughs> um, so yeah, and it's funny because that was my Broadway deb debut and it was amazing. Cut to just, just sidebar, Paul Hart is actually the casting director for a show I'm currently choreographing called Other World. It's like my big um, project right oh, now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, and, <laughs> which is so exciting. It is exciting, but um, it, it is kind of full circle because I was like, oh, Paul, remember when you tried to track me down, like my Broadway debut, and now he's <laughs> casting a show I'm choreographing. So it's funny. I know. Um, yeah, That's it's so cool. amazing. It is cool. But yeah, so Hot Feet was like, it was so exciting. I had to take off my last semester from NYU. Everyone was very supportive. Um, I took a leave of absence to do the show. It debuted in DC, in my hometown, at the National Theater for out of town tryout. Um, and then we, we ran for three months on Broadway, which was quite long considering the reviews we got. I mean, it was not oh. a hit. <laughs> Not a hit at all. Um, but I'm just such a glass half full girl where, you know, I got my Broadway debut. Sure. I got an agent. I met like incredible people. The way that I got the show was very rare. I, I was very grateful. Um, sure. And so luckily it ended in time for me to come back to NYU and finish my um, last semester and I got to graduate. So that was that was a fun experience and I wasn't choreographing yet. I really only started choreographing later on in my performance career. And I think that's because I also developed a voice from the influences I had from working with many different choreographers. Like, sure. I, yeah, like I always enjoyed it in my teaching jobs. So my in-between gig was always teaching. I, I wasn't very good at really anything else like <laughs> retail or <laughs> I really tried it. I tried. I worked at a restaurant and I got the like delivery orders wrong and I got all this food oh. sent to the kitchen that like wasn't supposed to have it just like all these things happened that were like and then I got let go from express 
Remember the show, Shop Express? Is that still, no, that's still a shop. I work yes. there. All right, oh, it's still I around. buy from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's still around. <laughs> Late hours, like, and 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 my schedule was. I just, I my energy wasn't in it, and I think yeah. yeah. So for me, like, it was teaching at a dance studio, and when you teach at a dance studio, as as most people know, you know, like you have to create content, so you create content for dance combinations, and that starts a whole thing right. in your brain and in your spirit. So I always enjoyed it, and I always, I started choreographing for dance competition studios where that is a whole nother outlet and way to explore your voice. But I think as far as like feeling super confident in my movement and what I have to say as a choreographer, that definitely came after working with all these choreographers in the many yeah. shows that I've been in for sure. That's amazing. So Hoffy happens, you're teaching for a while, you're starting to find your own voice. Then West Side is kind of your mm -hmm. next influential place. Like Jerome Robbins, I was reading your bio and your and your website what is an inspiration for you mm -hmm. did it happen doing the revival or were you always a fan of his yeah i mean i grew up at a dance studio that produced broadway performers and rockettes and so dance for broadway and musical theater specifically was always the goal so we had a sure. lot of um insight into the pioneers like Bob Fosse and Jack Cole and Jerome Robbins. And we were taught, we weren't taught a lot of like musical theater, hardcore musical theater, but in terms of dance, we understood mm -hmm. who Fosse was, what that movement was, Jerome Robbins and, you know, West Side Story. But I, so I always, I always understood how iconic it was to be able to perform that choreography, you know, and that's how I felt when I booked the show. Sure. Yeah. Like I was like, wow, I get to do America. And I get to um, do the somewhere ballet, but I think I was still in my um, teaching at dance studios stage of of my life, where it was kind of like compartmentalizing performing and choreog choreography. So I I think that the getting to do Jerome Robbins choreography was it mm -hmm. was subliminally affecting my voice but I wasn't like consciously being like oh great this will be great to learn this I think I was just being washed over by the experience and and I think after Hot Feet I did oh yeah I did do a little bit of I was actually on um sure. a, a hip hop dance crew called called Boogie Bots. I don't put it in my bio or anything, oh, wow. but That's yeah. So cool. But it was more of a social environment. I, I dated someone who was really in the scene and in the underground like hip hop scene. I also had a lot of friends that were involved in Culture Shock DC, which is like a non for profit hip hop it's where um people like the Jabbawockees or Keone and Mari, like they they all you know, like all had connections to to culture shop um dc la they have different different groups um throughout gotcha. the country that influence i i don't talk about it a lot but i feel like just being around that environment getting to go to house dance battles and underground foundational hip-hop style battles in new york city just being exposed to that world has definitely influenced a lot of my voice as a choreographer like street dancers are so free in in how they hear music and just the whole culture of hip-hop and how the specific styles of like whacking and locking and house and 
you know, I will never say that I mastered any of that, but I definitely uh, was exposed to it and I soaked it all in for the time that I, that I was introduced to it. So I, I definitely like to acknowledge that part of my life as how it influenced me in, in my choreography. So that combined with sure. like doing like Jerome Robbins choreography and, you know, like, and honestly, like my time at Tisch at NYU, like I wasn't a, you had mentioned sure. um, art school, you know, in the area. And I was a competition kid. Like I did like jazz and tap. And, but then when I got to NYU, like I was around lots of people who had gone to art schools, who had studied modern, who did more classical forms that I didn't do. And so yeah. just being around that, like I felt like a sponge and, and it influenced the way I moved and the way I performed different movement. Cause because, you know, conservatories and dance conservatories are very different from like commercial dance programs. Like it's not like pace commercial dance. Like it's like conservatories. You're really, sure. yeah, you know, like you're studying how movement is the main event even more than storytelling it's not theater you know like it's like absolutely body say it's like dance for for your body and for movement and the aesthetic and how that can move an idea like it's very idea based but it can be theatrical but yeah so that was that's right. definitely also been yeah been a been an influence so then west side and then oh sorry did, i don't even know if i answered your question you, you <laughs> absolutely did Carla, you have a, a movement style and a choreographic style that is is all your own. And as I'm talking to you and recognizing the house influence and Jerome Robbins, it all kind of starts to make mm -hmm. sense and come together because you do let all of those wash over you as you're working and it shows, shows in your material. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. It yeah. kind of sounds like these these big credits in a credit-driven industry have been very important, but it's also been the in-between moments for you that have allowed you to find your voice as a choreographer. And I guess before we move on to Hamilton, I, I wonder if there's any other um, moments you'd like to talk about that have influenced you as a choreographer or maybe a, a spark for you that kind of was the moment that the choreographic bug like really bit you and took over your life. Oh. That's such a great question. It's true. It's like everybody's journey as a choreographer or as a performer. It's like, it's so, it's so different. You can't plan anything and you can't plan how you're going to get inspired or when, you know, when is that moment? Oh, I did want to mention it was Wicked. Wicked was another one. Wicked is very, it's like, we call them champagne hands, like Wayne Salento, you know, choreograph. It's more transitions in terms of the choreography for that show. If you're not looking for the dancing, you might not always recognize it, but I mean, people are dancing in that show. And I remember that was the, cause right after Hot Feet, like that was my next like big show and it was very successful yeah so it was very well loved and I toured with it and I remember that the the doing that choreography every night like you you when you start to teach and like teach classes like all of your choreography starts to look at the choreography look like the choreography you're performing every night you know like you're like well sure, this feels sure, sure, right sure. like it's gonna be really <laughs> thrashy and very like wicked-esque and lyrical jazz you know um because that just totally. happens you totally. know it just happens you're doing it of every course, night yeah. yeah exactly um you're living in this material yeah exactly and living so living yeah. literally living <laughs> and i remember even doing like benefits with other cast members during that tour 
all of our dances were very much like very like wicked s because also we all moved like that so it like made sense that you know we would totally. do choreography like that um but that was a yeah. definitely another um influence um i think that you're right though it's the in-between moments it's the it's the the teaching and choreography for dance studios to be honest like were like you said like they were definitely these um glue between the big performances that were like they kept the bridges between them that were like okay you're you're still growing like you know we always talk about like oh wait we're out of work and what are we doing i really like look i left the wicked tour after seven months and that's really controversial because it was during my mom was like what are you doing it was during um like the recession it was like 2008 or something (laughs) and it was a great job but at the time I was really interested in in hip-hop I think I was in a long-distance relationship I was young and whatever it all worked out oh my god it's so hard and you're like I'm missing out on so many things I wanted to get back to New York but you know I am a big advocate for uh what brings you joy and for me I probably should have stayed a couple more months and saved some money (laughs) But like, (laughs) I just, I don't know. Like, I think if I'm not being fed creatively and like, I'm not being fulfilled, Mm -hmm. I don't feel productive in that way. Like, it doesn't matter to me how much money I'm making because I, to me, I can always figure that out. I can always figure that out, um, with, with teaching and with the, with the supplemental jobs that have always like helped me. Like I've established the hustle. Yeah. So hard. It's weird because I have a lot of credits, but honestly, like they were all very, Hamilton's the longest job I've had, obviously, but the duration of time yeah. for these gigs that you're, that we're talking about are very short. Like they were like a month or two months, Right. you know, Adam's family was the longest. It was like a year besides Hamilton. Like I committed to staying oh, sure. there. Yeah. But Wicked was seven months. Gigi was like two months, a month, you know, it just sounds like a lot of credits, but they were short right. stints. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of in-between time or, or some in-between time. Yeah, exactly. There was more in-between time, I would say. And that's where I really grew. Like right. I grew there. And because I took hold of how I wanted to be creative. Like I just wanted to teach and, and choreograph and on these, you know, mostly kids like at these dance studios. And I think that there's a creative freedom about that because you're given license to really like, you know, tell whatever story you want to tell. And then from there, obviously like at, for benefits on tour, like at Wicked and Adam's family, like I was like, oh, I'm going to choreograph something, you know, like there's, there's those opportunities and I'm a big yes person. Like I just say yes. That's why I'm also like over booked in terms of like (laughs) things like you know like they're like do you want to do this thing yes do you have time no but we're gonna make it work (laughs) it's gonna be fine (laughs) you know but I think I I, such an important mindset though such an important mindset I think so because I feel like I like the I like being held accountable like I think that you know I do a lot of content for Mm. myself in terms of concept videos and things like that but in order to make sure that I really do it I'm like oh I'm inspired by this idea I'm gonna book space right now so okay I'm booking space like I have to do it oh I'm asking these dancers I don't even I didn't choreograph it yet or whatever but I'm already I'm making the (laughs) commitments right I'm like okay I got the dancers I got the space you have no choice like you're gonna do it you know and because I think that that's people get in their own way when they're like I'm not ready I'm like I don't give myself the choice like so you just have to like try it like just do it and 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 I feel myself getting better and better each time because 
I forced myself to like be in that thing. So I guess I don't think there was like a moment. I think progressively over time, I have just become more confident. I definitely think teaching class, when I taught at Broadway Dance Center, I started teaching there right before Gigi, I think. And sure. I had a class like Monday, Wednesdays from like seven to eight thirty. It was something in the evening, something very inconvenient for everybody. But I started with like, <laughs> yeah, like six people. Sometimes there would be like 12 and I'd be like, oh my gosh, like it's a good day today, you know, but I was just doing my thing. Like I just enjoyed like teaching. And then I got Gigi and, you know, so now I'm on the Broadway schedule and I continued to teach. But then when Hamilton happened, like I feel like that platform really attracted a lot of people. And from there, I felt even more confident and not saying like I, it was all Hamilton, but it was the in tandem with, with Hamilton. And, and at that point I was executing that choreography, which is probably the most influential, like Andy Blankenbuehler is like one of the most influential voices to me choreographically. And I just love his outlook on the use of ensemble and staging and idea and tension and yeah Hamilton happened and then I'm still teaching at Broadway Dance and like I was able to use that platform to really you know say what I what I want to say so if there was any kind of dramatic shift it would probably be yeah when I when I joined Hamilton and then I choreographed our Broadway Cares piece like that year for um Gypsy of the Year. Yeah, and I, it was just very honest. We did a, I collaborated with Kurt Crowley, our music director. We did a Langston Hughes poem combined with Bob Marley's One Love. And so we collaborated and it was a few dancers. I had just joined the show. And so it was like, oh, I get to choreograph, you know, and share with like the Broadway community. And we ended up winning that year. The, oh my the gosh, Gypsy. Carla, that's amazing. Yeah, 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 it was cool. I mean, I didn't expect it. I was like, what? But it was just a very appropriate piece to the time. You know, Trump had just got elected and yeah, yeah it was the first time that Lion King like didn't win and you're like Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing but yeah it was cool I was happy to get to share my voice as a Hamilton cast member but also as an emerging choreographer with the community you know so yeah it was cool absolutely very cool so it's um had you met Andy before you got the offer for Hamilton did you meet him through the audition process or had you met him before that yeah um so I have been auditioning for Andy since in the Heights, like years ago. I took his class back at the old Broadway Dance Center. You know, he taught a really, really popular Amazing. class. Yeah, and I was doing Hot Feet at the time and In the Heights was auditioning. And that was his first show, I believe, yeah. And so sure. he was like an emerging, you know, hot new choreographer. I was definitely in uh, callbacks for for Heights, and I never did. I never did the show, but I always auditioned for Andy. So then from there, he did Fly and Bandstand. I think I did some pre pro for yeah. I did some pre pro for Heights, but at the time, I didn't know understand what pre pro. I was so I I would do so many things better. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't get like that. That's like an incredible opportunity, you know, to work with and, and to be brought in. I, I think I just didn't. Yeah, I didn't get it. And, and I would definitely have taken more. I also wasn't as confident. I was just a body. I was like a dancer. And I'm like, okay, what do you need us to do? So that felt like kind of a missed opportunity, but it all, all in time, like it all happened for a reason. But yeah, so I always went in for Andy, but I actually, yeah, I never, I never got a job. And I think that when Hamilton happened, there was a huge dancer call for the mixtape, the public, the, the, the workshop, but even before the public. Yeah. So there was like a ton of 
New York City's best dancers, and there were we were at I forget what theater we were, were auditioning in, but we did Room Where It Happened and Yorktown. It was the first time like anybody heard this music, and it was like oh my god! Like rumor when I heard Rumor It Happens, I was like, what is this music? And we learned that combination. Oh my gosh, it was amazing, and it's like cathartic. And we're like what is this <laughs> you know so cool i think i like sang i made a cut and sang but i never i didn't even get a call back from that big call and i was like well that that's cool i hope you know i, I that show seems seems cool and then a few months later they opened at the public there was all this talk like this new show and then they were opening on broadway and i got called in there were five women who eventually we all ended up being in in the show in some way but there were five of us that were called in because they needed a swing immediately and i had a flight to go to california to visit my aunt and my agent was like well it'll always be around you can you know don't miss your flight and i'm like wait, but I feel like I should go. And I didn't know there were only five people called. So I get to the audition and there's like five of us. And I'm like, well, I'm really glad I'm here. <laughs> and yeah. So we dance for the camera. Uh, they, they film us. We do those combinations. We do Rumor It Happens and I think Yorktown. And then we sing and that was it. And I remember my friend Camille Upshaw, she had gone to an open call and I could just tell, like, you know, there's an energy, like, I'm like, I feel like you're going to get this. Like, I feel like it just felt like her time yeah. and in the room, too. And I still knew it was important for me to be there. Like, I'm like, well, they put this on film and, you know, this show just just opening right now. But lo and behold, she she booked it like she she got the swing position. I was like, great. And I was in California and I was really excited for her. Um, it was her debut. And then I came back to New York and I saw her in the show like a couple months later. And I'm like, yay. And then a month after I saw the show, I get a call. I was set to do West Side Story Carnegie Hall. And that was two weeks away from when I got this call. Sure. And so my agent was like, okay, they're calling you in, but this is for an immediate replacement or immediate swing position. And if you, the call is tomorrow, but it, if they want you to get this in order for us to get out of your Carnegie Hall Westside contract, you have to go in like now, like in two hours. So I was like, okay. And they were like, also, you're the only one called. So I was like, well, okay. Yeah. And I had another flight, like I was supposed to leave again or something. I'm like, well, I'm not going because now you're, I'm like the only one. Okay, great. So now, and I was on the phone with my agent and you said, they said two hours and I was like, okay, well, I have to warm up my voice right now. There you go. And because it was just singing, we weren't even dancing. It was just singing. Yeah. <laughs> so literally like my agent was like, look, this is going to happen oh, wow. in case you completely bomb this. Like we have to make steps because now my agent's thinking ahead and she's like, I have to get you out of your contract for a while. But I'm like, wait, I have to not bomb this too. Like I can't just like think I'm going to. So I take an Uber and I'm like warming up in the Uber and like I get to Telsey and it's literally Alex Lacamoire just sitting in a room in a piano and Bethany, I think it was Bethany casting. She's like, great. So I just sang my song. I sang a couple things for, I sang Rumor It Happens. I sang um, the Stay Alives where like, it was for a swing. So they just wanted to make sure like I could hit all the vocal harmonies. Sure. Um, and I sat there with Alex and he's like, okay, great. You just, you just step outside and, and we'll be, we'll just talk. And, and so I stepped outside and then him and Bethany came outside. This is an, this, it's so funny because this is bookending my hot feet experience, which both are very rare. Like it's, a, it's just a weird experience, you know? So they're like, okay, we're it. So, so I, I wait outside and then Alex and Bethany come out and they're like, 
Bethany's like, great, so uh, we're on board. Um, I was like, what is, we're on board. They were like, great, yeah, so you're going to start tomorrow. I'm like, what? And you would think that I never booked a job ever in my life because I, like, start crying. Like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, really? Well, it's, oh my God. you know, first of all, that moment never happens. Wow. Like, they don't do that. Like, they usually, you go home. Of course. You wait. Yeah. It's not like Alex Lacamoire and Bethany from Chelsea in front of you being like, you're joining Hamilton on Broadway. Like, <laughs> I'm like, can I hug you? Like, right. <laughs> it was like dream sequence yeah <laughs> so then I mean it was just it was it was an exciting moment because they had just opened on Broadway six months before and you know it was it was a hot show and it was like I was at the point too where I put out into the universe look I just I did GG that last June and then I was kind of like okay I need I want to choreograph like this is what I want to do you know unless something crazy happens. I, I, I want to get like a long running. I literally yeah. said it. Like I was like, I want to be in a show and I want to do my choreography and I want to teach at Broadway Dance Center. I want to do those at the same time. It didn't even need to be Hamilton. Like I just wanted like to be in a show and then it happened. And, and so that's why the gratitude, like the tears came because I'm like, I, I flashed forward and I was like, I'm going to sit in this show for a while. I'm so happy to just have performed so many different works over the years. And I know so hard now that I want to choreograph and say what I want to say. And so to be able to perform high art at the same time was just, it was more than I could ask for. That propelled creativity because Hamilton, especially in the beginning with those original cast members and Lynn still in the building, the heartbeat of creativity in that building, it was like constant. And to hear these words every night, legacy, like what is a legacy? And I'm a big advocate of like energy and how that can affect one's day to day. To have that creative pulse sure. and the feeling of legacy in the building every day subconsciously like just washes over you that is how i feel about my life in that show and how it works in tandem with me as a choreographer and i'm happy to be a swing now like i don't need to be on stage like I'm happy to sit down yes. <laughs> <laughs> your legs are tired from choreographing all day you're like I, i'm fine it's i'm out tonight no big deal yeah well literally yeah. and that's my life you know like literally when pre-covid and post-covid like it's like yeah like i said like i'm a yes girl so i'm like choreographing during the day and then when i get to the show and they're like carla you're on i'm like i'm so tired but like let's go let's do it i'm ready let me grab my third coffee and let's go yeah yes, totally. you know like i wouldn't have it any other way like this is yeah. what i asked for yeah that's so cool so you're up to other world at the moment i would love to hear about that from what i understand it's it's uh your first like new musical that you're working on and that has to be so exciting it is thank you yeah thank you for asking yeah we you know it was a a show that i auditioned for as a choreographer a lot of people were interviewed and then we had to submit prompts the director is fantastic she's a female director adrian campbell holt and she was the associate for dear evan hansen okay. peter and the star catcher yeah so she's definitely up and coming as well and she, the writers are the writers of title of show 
which was a very popular show. Such a good yeah. show. Yeah. Hunter Bell, yes. Jeffrey Bowen. Yes. And Anne McNamee is a composer as well. And so it has a lot of heart to it because they know what they're doing. You know, like that show was very, very loved. Really yeah, um, And they're fantastic. And I'm so grateful to be working with them. The show is about video games and inclusivity. Amazing. Yeah, it's so crazy. It's... It's amazing. You know, that's the that's the the big part of the show is video games and then they end up the main characters end up in a video game and you know have to overcome lots of challenges externally but also from within and in the end it is about connection and about relationships but you know on the outside like the spectacle of it is very exciting and so we're working with a lot of fantastic team members like nevin steinberg who is hamilton sound designer is actually our sound designer on other world oh, wow. mary mitchell campbell who was at my adams family director yeah music director and you know mean girls and prom she is the md for for um other world so it's cool. yeah it's, so it has a lot of like great people involved when broadway shut down i was actually on a leave of absence because we were premiering at bucks county and so it was the night of our first preview and we had to we had to stop so that was supposed to be the world premiere of the show the show's been in development for seven years even before i was involved in it yeah so it's a long time coming and it has never seen the stage yet we are hoping to premiere it at bucks this fall so exciting yes it's very exciting so we're still in meetings and developing you know luckily this time has given us time to have those conversations and really nitty-gritty develop each moment of the show so we're on zooms like twice a week with the writers with the designers but that's been taking up a lot of my pandemic and i'm so grateful because i i can still work towards you know something exciting choreographically an unexpected residency of sorts yeah yeah exactly that's such a great way to put it so yeah so i'm super excited with that yeah 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 that's so cool any any takeaways from working on a new musical that you might not have expected before you started working on it? You know, the thing with working on a new show is that you have just so many options. Right. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, okay, we could do this, we could do this. Maybe we should pick one, though, because what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, you know, the nature of this show r requires such high collaboration within departments you know from sound to lighting to projection yeah. to costumes and then script and it's really a huge mixing bowl so i think it is challenging sometimes to have so many avenues you can take on top of having avenues like collaborating in deciding which avenue to take and what is getting the the most for our buck and within the time constraints i mean time constraints has yeah. that right now but in terms of like if we are working towards this theater, you know, right. what can we do there? And then thinking forward, what's the Broadway version? I think it's always exciting when we have these conversations because we are always thinking that. We always say, okay, well, in the Broadway version, you know, maybe it's this because you can, it's important to think like what, are, what sure. are the limitless versions of the show that we can work towards and then how can we scale that down? Also, the puppeteers who did War Horse are working with us. So it's really, really cool. And I love getting to remind myself that like that's the whole team and like it's going to be special. 
spectacular when it really does happen. But um, it's exciting. It's very ambitious. But in the end, it really is the writers created this beautiful story about connection and inclusivity. We have some disabled actors. We have LGBTQ, like we're really covering everybody and not just, you know, like, oh, we have these people. It's like these everyone's incredibly talented we've lost a couple of them because now they're leads on like series and you know things and so the caliber of the talent is 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 yeah it speaks for itself and i think that the show can provide that place for people to really just witness that everyone can exist in a world like the one that we're creating oh my gosh it sounds like such an exciting show carla it is it is cool it is cool it is it is really cool sometimes i i get caught up in like creation of it where i'm like oh my gosh like I have to like do sure. this and I have to do that. But then stepping back and getting to talk to you, like I am reminded it's really, it's really cool to be a part of. And especially during this time, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a good sign when, when you see a piece of art or hear about a piece of art and you say, I have never seen anything like that. Yes. Before. That yes. to me is always a good sign. And as you're telling me about this show, I'm like, I can't wait to see that because I have never seen anything like that before. Yes. Oh, yeah. you're so you're so right. Yeah. So I'm so excited for you. That's really amazing. That's awesome. Thank you. As we wrap up, I would love for the podcast series. I want to create a structure where I talk to wonderful choreographers such as yourself, and then wrap it up with them recommending some other choreographers that inspire them and um, why they inspire you, in hopes that maybe I can get one of them on the series. Okay. So Joanne Hunter. She was my mentor for Broadway Dance Lab's uh, mentorship series at Pace. And I choreographed a piece and she kind of oversaw my process. And I just think she's inspirational as a female Asian American performer and choreographer because, you know, she's perf- she was J- Jerome Robbins' assistant and, and dancer for a long time. And yeah, I, sh- I think she's fantastic. Also from that generation, like I think she has a lot to say, you know, and, and currently still still working and doing doing many things. Yeah, so so I like her. I think Martha Nichols is really talented and up and coming. Um, and she's has been doing a lot of associate work and her own choreography. And I think she's very unique and has a great voice. Uh, so some of these people I'm just fans of. Like I don't like That's personally like have a relationship. Yeah, okay. Totally, totally. <laughs> Camille Brown, definitely Camille Brown. Absolutely. Chloe Arnold, who I had mentioned. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I think that's a, awesome. those are, those are four good ones. Yeah. Yeah. The, they absolutely are. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so excited for this series. Yeah. Oh thanks my gosh, for Carla. Thanks for being on it. It's truly really it. such a pleasure talking with you. These stories are so inspiring and wonderful. I can't wait to share them with other people. Um, I think aspiring performers and performers can learn so much from your story about making the most of your time in between gigs because sometimes people get on the hamster wheel yeah. and they really kind of lose sight of what it's all about. I'm sure we've all been in those places. So listening to your conversation ho- hopefully reminds people that they are the masters of their own creativity. I love that. That couldn't, uh, you said it so, so well. And I also want to thank you, you know, I mean, you know, the, these moments where I get to reflect on, you know, the past 10 to 15 years, like is a great reminder for myself that like, okay, look how far we've come, but also like, let's continue to share and create my own legacy and, and share with others and inspire and hopefully inspire others as well. So I'm very grateful for this time with you. Special thanks to Carla Garcia for sharing her stories with us today. 
Tune in for our next episode, featuring choreographer Liz Puccini. The Ensemblist was produced by Mo Brady, Jackson Klein, and me, Justin Mock. Please rate and review The Ensemblist wherever you listen to your podcasts, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or bpn.fm, the home of Broadway Podcast Network. Our Patreon members have on-demand access to our archive, including full conversations with our guests and early access to episodes. You can support us for between $5 to $20 a month at patreon.com slash theensemblist. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.